1: In your open space.
2: It's time to get inside the Giants Huddle. Let's go, let's go, let's go. On giants.com. like it, I like it, I like and it. In the Giants Mobile app. Ooh, give me some juice. Part of the
0: Giants Podcast Network. Let's roll. Welcome to another edition of the Giants Huddle Podcast brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the New York football Giants. Our usual Friday podcast. A look ahead to the Rams and Giants, a little game preview for Sunday afternoon. Bob Popp, as always, will talk to the head coach of the Giants, Brian Dable. Lance Meadow talks to the play-by-play man for the Rams. And I will talk to Giants defensive lineman, Dexter Lawrence. Let's start there. And now we're joined by Giants defensive lineman, Dexter Lawrence. Dex, how are you, man? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, let's start here. How's the hamstring feeling? I know it's something you've been uh, kind of dealing with the last few weeks.
3: Yeah, um, it's getting better weekly. Um, still battling through it, but, uh, you know... If I if I feel good, I'm gonna play. Um won't be there for my guys So
0: No, I went back. That was the first NFL game you had to miss due to an injury, correct? Yeah. Mhm. Was it weird? Um
3: I mean, not necessarily cuz like I th- I missed like a COVID game and then like last year we like sat out a yep. game. Mm-hmm. So, um I, I mean, and in college I missed a couple for injury, but um it wasn't like it was it was it was more. It's just different. I say, you know, just listening to coach get a call. Cause usually I don't have the green dot. So listening to coach get a call and watching them run the like run the, run the
0: play and stuff like that. So it was different. You had the headset on the sideline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did was that what you imagined it would be like wearing the green dot or? or, or was uh, it different? I think I was a little
3: more stressed. Because <laughs> I because I wasn't out there running it. <laughs> I knew the call. So
0: did you hear a call and you're like, oh uh, man, yeah, yeah, this is. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. What has it been like trying to manage a soft tissue injury as opposed to trying to fight through, like, a joint thing where you can kind of fight through yeah. it? But I was talking to um, Andrew last week, mm-hmm. and he was just telling me, like, look, I've dealt with feet and ankles and knees and hamstrings are just different. It's yeah. tough. Yeah.
3: You just never know. You feel good, and then one, one uh, bad step or one bad stride, you know, it just flares back up in a sense. Um. So you just never know until you know kind of thing. and um. You know, I've just been trying to be, be smart about it, um, you know, stay available pretty much.
0: And your snaps have been down a little bit. Have yeah. you noticed Do you have a little bit more juice late in the games, playing only um, 50% versus 80%, <laughs> which is what you were doing before? Uh, Honestly, I think I feel more tired. Really?
3: Yeah, playing less snaps. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I think I catch my second win playing all, playing more snaps.
0: <laughs> do you feel like you have your all your explosion, or are you do you have to um, hold yourself back? Because to your point with the hamstring, you just yeah, don't know. Once um, you open up, it can go at any yeah, time. Yeah, I'm
3: not like like I said. I'm not 100. Um, percent So I can't you know do do all the natural movements that I, I normally do because you know uh, if I do. Step wrong. You know, I would try it in the beginning of the game, but then I feel it step wrong, so I got to, like, modify a little bit. But, um, you know,
0: I've been, you know, just trying to continue to play well. Absolutely. You talked to Carl Banks last week, and you talked about how it's been a little bit different without Leo here. Mm Mm-hmm. In what ways for you is it different? Put me in Dexter Lawrence's shoes on the field with Leo though versus um, without him. What are some of the different things offenses are doing to you since yeah. they don't have to account for who's one of the better three-technique pass rushers in the league? Yeah, yeah. so right, like pass rush-wise, you know, just having a a,
3: a guy that they, they feared that three-technique, um, so they got to pay attention to that. Um, now it's just more, you know, sliding, um, pinching on me. You know, I might get a chip here and there. Um but, like, it's, it's all the things that, you know, I've seen when he was here, you know, just amplified a more little more. More yeah, frequently, right?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. Do you enjoy rushing the passer over the center? or And, again, I know you'll do whatever the team asks you. You're a team guy. But just purely from a pass rush production standpoint for you, mm-hmm. do you prefer to be over the center? Or do you think you would actually become an even better pass rusher with a little bit more space playing more three technique on passing downs?
3: um I like the phone booth inside. um. But like you said, at three, it's a little more space, a little more time. Um, but honestly, I think I think at at three, you it's it's like I don't know because teams throw that damn ball so fast. So it's like if I'm at nose, I'm on that center now. You're actually if, further away from the quarterback. Yeah, at three, right? at three, yeah. So like when I'm at three, I'm like I'm either if he sits back deep, I'm just now maybe getting a contact and he's throwing it type of thing. So um, it depends. Uh, it depends on. Where I feel that week, pretty much.
0: Do you feel like you can attack the center a little bit, snap into where you can kind of take advantage of maybe not getting his hands up quick enough after um, getting no, that? Some of them snap? centers
3: be punching, punch me in the face sometimes, piss, <laughs> piss me off. Uh, so they 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 get that hand up quick, but I, like you said, it's like the contact point is quicker. So you know
0: the moves are quicker. You know the reaction is quicker. Talk about one of the guys that stepped in for Leonard. We've seen Ashawn Robinson's mm-hmm. snaps go up. Mm-hmm. I mean I, I watch the the all twenty two the end zone angle every week. Yeah. He has been dynamite against yeah. the run this year. How huh? can you talk yeah. a little bit about what a good job he's done against uh, the run specifically? He, he's
3: destroying destroying the run. Um you know, his mindset is just he just he's just angry and I and I and I and I like it. Uh you know, I hear him talk to himself before the game, get himself going. Like his his mindset is just always just to go and destroy and, you know, have his brother's bag and, you know, him and Nacho and even Jordan stepping up too. So, you know, it's just good to see like, you know, Everybody, the younger guy feeding off all the all the older guys in the room, you know, just to have yeah. that good, you know, that good culture in the room, and you know, bring, bringing guys in like Aishon and Nacho just helped it uh, amplify even more.
0: I was gonna ask you about Nacho because he has, you know, his very boisterous personality. Aishon's mm-hmm. kind of more quiet and to himself and mm-hmm. very intense, right? Yeah. But it seems like Nacho when he gets going, like he starts yeah, talking, he, and it mm-hmm. seems like. He, Contrast their personalities a little bit when, like, in game.
3: Yeah, he like a little uh, energizer bunny. Um, (laughs) He just don't stop, and you know that's contagious. And um, guys feed off that. I definitely feed off that. Um, So just you know having those guys in the room, um, you know, just you know, just brings a different thing, brings a different like attitude. You know, when Leonard was here, it was it was was the same thing. But then now you got more vets in the room. You know,
0: more more leaders. You know, so it's all. it's all relative. I'm sure you guys highlighted the Rileys just moving Jason Kelsey last week and mm-hmm. making that nice tackle for yeah. loss, right? Mm-hmm. How is he and, and DJ coming along? And kind of what do you foresee their best roles moving forward as part of this defensive line?
3: Um, uh, Even, yeah, Devontae, DJ, you call him. Yeah. He, like, when he's going, he's, he can go. Um, You know, just he, he could play three and those pretty well. And, you know, he's a guy that, you know, when he's strong, when once he, when he continues to believe in himself and keeps wanting to go, he's is is going to be a problem. And how about Riley? How about Jordan? And, and Jordan just a, a man, just a, a a monster. Like he's just <laughs> a massive human being. He's about he's bigger than me. I was going to say, and that's, <laughs> and that's coming from you. <laughs> yeah, he's bigger than me. Uh, but you know, just once when and when he gets it clicking, you know, continues to master his craft, learn the position. Um, he's going to be an animal.
0: And you could talk about you specifically, or the room in general, whatever way you want. How does Andre Patterson, your defensive line coach, help elevate all you guys yeah. and, and really teach those young guys yeah. the craft. Yeah. And there is a craft to it, right, of playing yeah. defensive yeah. line Yeah, He
3: he's he's a master. Um and you know, he you know, one one day he, he I'm sure he probably go in the Hall of Fame. Um He deserves it. He deserves it for sure. And, you know, he like you said, he does a good job just teaching us, helping us learn, you know, what we get in here. How we should attack this you know he he just breaks the game down to like almost you don't know what you're talking like you don't know the position you know what i mean and he he helps us craft it you know he helps us build that confidence we wrap it we wrap it we wrap it you know it continues to give us that
0: confidence and we learn how to counter he just, yeah, he, he's a good coach. He's a great coach. How much of your kind of jump beginning last year, or maybe you didn't think he made a jump, had to do with your just natural improvement in progression, playing more and more in the league? And how much was it him coming in and maybe teaching you some new stuff, whether it's the use of your hands or, yeah. or, or whatever?
3: I think I think he's a, a master of both because, you know, through my rookie year, my, my goal was every year, learn my position, learn my position, get better with my hands, do the – and then, like, the the year he came in, you know, he continued to, and and like put that in my brain to just take it one step at a time. Go with your hands, go with your hands. Now work this, work this, and then everything else just became like all that all the little stuff that you think about in the beginning just came natural. Mm. And now you're just going and flowing. You're not so thinking so anymore. You're not right? thinking anymore. You are just going type of thing. So, you know, he do, he did a good job helping me in a sense, just helping me continue to learn how to use my strength, use my power, at length.
0: You know, you know, keep keep that motor going type of thing. Absolutely, team-wise, you guys only had two sacks the last two weeks. How do you start getting that number pumped up a little bit? Last two games.
3: Um, we just gotta we just gotta do better. Um, you know, I think you know rushing coverage works together. So, sure. you know, if we not getting a good rush. Then you know they can complete easy balls. If we're not getting good coverage. Then he's he's you know he's throwing the ball pretty quick. So you know it all works together, and I think we all just got to be on one key and do our jobs to the best of our abilities. Yeah, and every game's different, right? Yeah. Two weeks
0: ago, the Saints were getting the ball out quick, super quick, yeah. right? And then last week against Philly. You guys might have had your highest blitz rate of the year. You guys are yeah. bringing five. You were yeah. assimilating pressures. You were, mm-hmm. and I thought Jalen, you know, yeah. was bailing from clean pockets sometimes. Mm-hmm. I thought you guys did a yeah. good job confusing we just him.
3: Got to finish. That's what it is. We got to finish.
0: But does all that blitzing? This is what I was going to ask you. Does that almost make it tougher to get a sack because the quarterback sees the extra men and that kind of says, "All right, I got to get this ball out of here." So um, you guys have less time to actually get home.
3: Yeah, and yeah. So there's other ways to affect the quarterback. You know, with, of with a batted ball or you know. Getting the lineman by his feet, you know, just just being, being, hitting him, you know, once he, when he throw the ball, you know, you got to step in the half. So hit him, you know, so it's always a sack is, over, you know, it's, it is like a sack, it's hard to get a sack. It's
0: really impactful, but a lot of it's out of your control. Yeah, right.
3: Yeah. So everything has to go well at that play for you to get a sack pretty much. And, you know, so there's other ways that we have to do better affecting the
0: quarterback. No, absolutely. Run defense, uh, I think over 120 yards rushing, six out of the last seven. But it looks like a lot of that is, all right, we'll give a couple runs here or there if we can prevent the big plays down the field, right? So how much of that is balancing those two factors with bringing extra guys in the box? How much is it you guys just need to do a better job up front? How do you evaluate what the run defense has been the last month and a half or so?
3: We just got to tackle. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, You know, we get good penetration. We get, you know, guys come to the ball. We just got to tackle better. It's that simple, huh? Yeah.
0: All right. Let's talk about the opponent real quick this week. Rams offensive line—they've done a nice job the second half of the year. What do you see when you look at that group as a whole?
3: Um, they work—they work well together, um, you know. But we just got to attack, you know, the weaknesses of, of the offense, and you know, just be physical with them and put our hands on them, and you know, make them feel us early and often, and you know, hit Matt hit Matthew before he gets going, because he would probably be a Hall of Famer one day. And he's flying right now, yeah, right? Yeah, he's having he's having a good second half.
0: And you talk about being tough to sack people. Everything has to mm-hmm. go right. He's one of those quarterbacks. That,
3: he got a sidearm.
0: <laughs> he can do all the arm angles, yeah. right? I think yeah. they have the third lowest sack rate in the league allowed mm-hmm. this year. A lot of that is, is the quarterback at yeah. Stafford, right? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, he gets it out quick. He he sees the pressure, or he sees he steps up in the pocket or something like that, and, and he got a lot of check down routes that he likes to hit. So, he's got to do good with covering them, and could dense in the pocket. Don't let them feel comfortable back there.
0: Kyron Williams are running back. This is why I kind of love the NFL because you can do this in a million different ways. Like you set Kyron Williams next to Derrick Henry. You'll be like, how do these guys play the same position? They mm-hmm. look completely different, yeah. right? What is it about Kyron Williams that makes him effective running back watching him on tape from a defensive lineman's perspective?
3: Uh, he's quick. He can read a gap really well. Um, he's a strong runner. Uh, I, think that's, I think that's what makes him good. You know, he got a good vision and um, he cuts back. He gets some good cutback lanes, and you know, and he breaks tackles. So I think that's, that's a, that would make him pretty good.
0: Maybe not for a defensive lineman. Maybe more for a linebacker. Can you lose sometimes those five nine guys behind the behind the offensive lineman, and you almost lose track of where they are because they are a little bit smaller? Um, rarely. Okay. Yeah, rarely. Yeah. <laughs> no, fair enough. Um, final question. Aaron Donald plays the same position as you. I know you don't scout him, but do you ever? And you guys again, much like the running back conversation, you guys body types very different you kind of play one's more of a nose one's more of a three tech, right but do you watch him and do you say wow this is some of the stuff he's doing maybe i can incorporate some of the stuff into my <laughs> game
3: i mean you can't watch him <laughs> 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 you, nah, you can't you can't watch him he's he's an animal um you know it's, it's little things that you can obviously pick up on like his hands his hand placements is really good all the time um the way he man- manipulate the offensive lineman shoulder pass, so you can you can translate but his feet, his, his quickness, you know, his strength, like – Freak out, His freak show. <laughs> he, he's smart, you know what I mean? So, it's like, yeah, so you can't really get that, but you can obviously pick up on, like, little technique things, like when you're watching them.
0: Have you guys grown close at all over the years? Do you talk at all? Oh, or? no, I No? Mm-mm. no? Mm-mm. Interesting. Dexter, this was fun, man. Best luck the rest of the yeah. year. And, and, you know, obviously you're out of the playoffs, but how does that impact you guys in the locker room at all? Do you, does just, that, that even bother you guys at all? Do you care?
3: No, I think, you know – when when you hear that you're out of the playoffs, I think your your mindset changes to you know now you got different goals that you want to achieve and like er- what everybody has their different goals and and team goals is you know we can win more games than we did last year at home you know what I mean we can be better in the division than we were last year
0: so and beat the Eagles is always a priority yeah right? exactly yeah, yeah, for sure
3: so I think I think your mindset changes and you gotta you know find that new motivation you know what I mean and, and that's that's what all being a pro is That good stuff my friend I appreciate it. Yeah.
0: You love
2: turf. You're good at it. So you start a turf biz. Business grows, your savings grow. Become the most celebrated name in turf. Are you ready for all that life brings?
0: The Giants Huddle Podcast is brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the Giants. From game day to every day, Citizens is made ready for Giants fans with insights, guidance, and solutions. Learn more at citizensbank.com. Great stuff from Dexter there. Now let's turn our attention to the Rams. Lance Meadow had a chance to talk to JB Long, the voice of the Rams.
4: The Giants and Rams square off at MetLife Stadium on Sunday as New York looks to snap a three game skid against LA. They last met in 2021 in New Jersey when the Rams then went on to win the Super Bowl. Tell breakdown, Sean McVay's squad. We're now joined by the play by play announcer on the Rams Radio Network, none other than JB Long. JB, you got Lance Meadow here on Giants.com. Always good to speak with you. Hope all is well. How's everything on your end?
1: Yeah, it was a a great holiday with the family and friends, hopefully the same for you. I was actually reflecting on our preseason chat, you know, kind of looking ahead to the 2023 Giants and Rams, uh, not what either of us expected back in August or September, whenever that was, right?
4: I think that's a great way to sum things up. We were talking about the Rams youth movement and maybe a lot of people skeptical about that group and the Giants trying to build off a playoff spot and it is headed in opposite directions. And that's why I want to start with the Rams turnaround here. Since the bye week, five and one, three and six before the bye, the only loss coming to arguably the best team in the league right now, Baltimore in overtime. If you had to pin on one particular facet, JB, as to what has ignited this turnaround, what would it be?
1: You know, at this moment in NFL time, it's a strange thing to say, but I actually think it's the running back Kyron Williams. And whether or not it's him individually or his play energy, his efficiency, I think he's instilled the best in Sean McVay as his play caller and Matthew Stafford as his quarterback. Statistically, their ascent aligns perfectly with his return from an ankle injury coming off injured reserve. But I appreciate the fact that I'm saying that to a, a Saquon Barkley New York Giants audience, right? And, and at a moment in NFL uh, thought process where the zeitgeist is that running backs don't matter. Um, I understand uh, the metrics behind that, but I think in this particular instance, there is no substitute for Tyron Williams and the Rams offense. And whether or not it's him individually, you know, making the best of his opportunity or just bringing out the best of the other 10 around him plus his coaching staff, I think he's the one that is really drawing out the Rams' best performances of the
4: season. Understandable, considering he has four 100-yard games in the last five, including three straight. Certainly a player the Giants are going to have to keep close tabs on. The other thing related to that, JB, that I find interesting, Cooper Cup, Bukanakua, and Kyron Williams have only been on the field together for seven games this season, which is about half the year. And The Giants can relate to this because they've been plagued by a lot of injuries. And we know Cup was recovering from his injury last season. We just talked about Williams being on IR. How much then is this a product of this team really getting a feel for itself, specifically on offense, because they have not had all of their weapons at their disposal?
1: You know, you mentioned at the start of this conversation, the the history, the recent series history, Giants and Rams. And I think when Giants fans see this iteration of Sean McVay's offense, it will look similar, but at once completely different. He has married up the run in the past games, much like he did with Jared Goff and Todd Gurley. And, and they're really strong championship worthy teams of, of 17, 18 and beyond. But the way they run the football, uh, the way they pre-snap motion is much, much different. And I think what you're touching on is exactly right. It took all the coaches, including the play caller Sean McVay, a stretch of time to acclimate to everything they have at their disposal this season. But now I think they've really hit their stride where everything pre-snap looks the same. I don't know, having watched every snap of the season, whether they're going to run or pass. Um, they're even breaking some of their most recent tendencies, like running out of the shotgun against the Saints, which is something they seldom do. So I think they're in a really prime position with those those three weapons you talked about, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua and Kyron Williams, all who have been battling nagging injuries themselves. Now taking advantage of this mini buy and nine days between games to be as healthy as you could expect any roster to be this deep in December
4: only two players on the injury report as we're recording this on Thursday afternoon that is quite remarkable the Giants had a later buy than the Rams and they're much more beat up so if that doesn't put things in perspective I don't know what does I want to focus on playing the trenches because I think all of these other weapons are feeding off of the stability up front and JB if we go back to a conversation you and I would have had in 2022, We certainly would not have been commending the state of the offensive line. It's remarkable just the sack numbers. 28 sacks allowed, fourth fewest in the NFL, 59 last season, third most. And they obviously were hit by a lot of injuries. It was a game of musical chairs. How did they put together such an impressive turnaround up front in a relatively short period of time?
1: Yeah, I think you teased out a lot of the crucial elements the vast majority of it is just good fortune, luck with respect to injury. I think they started 12 different combinations in their first 12 games last season. Offensive line is as much about continuity as it is talent. And thankfully, they've upgraded their talent, especially guard to guard. I'll talk about those two in a second. But mostly, it's being able to start the same group of five more often than not, and having a sixth offensive lineman in Joe Nopum, who they actually paid to be their left tackle of the future. He's been able to play a whole bunch of spots backing up uh, the five starters on the offensive line. And that's been a great break glass in case of emergency lever that Sean McVay and, and staff have been able to pull. Um, but I, I think two men in particular warrant mention here Steve Avila, their first pick of this draft class, has been a plug and play left guard. Um, and then Kevin Dotson, who they acquired deep in the summer in a swap of late round picks with the Pittsburgh Steelers, has been instrumental. He might be a Pro Bowl guard. Um, And if so, he'll be the first of the Sean McVay era. So guard to guard, they're bigger, they're stronger, they come at you downhill. And I think in addition to paving the way for Kyron Williams, what that means for Matthew Stafford, who's not the fleetest of foot, is he's had a lot more room to step up in the pocket and to play the second and the third look because his feet are clean. Um, And that was definitely not the case last year when he was knocked out at the midway point of the season.
4: And his numbers reflect that too. I want to turn to Matthew Stafford because 10 touchdowns, no interceptions, the last four games, he seems to be really clicking though. He did miss a game earlier this season before the buy against the Packers with a strained ligament in his right thumb How much has this coincided, JB, with him now having enough time to recover from that injury? Or is this more of a product of what we were going back to earlier, that now he has all of his weapons around him and it's understandable that the numbers look that much more impressive?
1: Yeah, I think it's one of those answers that can be C or D, all of the above, um, and it really has taken all of those elements coming together. The injury suffered to his thumb was actually in a blowout loss um, in Dallas on a, on a two-point conversion where he actually caught a pass from receiver 2-2 two, two Atwell, and I remember asking Sean McVay uh, in our post-game conversation, "How's it look, and the answer was not good. I think that Sunday flying home from Dallas, they thought that was probably going to require surgery, and that would be it for Matthew Stafford in 2023, the next day. The report was better than they had hoped, and that kept their season alive. Yes, they did go and lose that game in Green Bay, which actually led to the signing of Carson Wentz to be the backup. Um, But Matthew Stafford has been playing through pain and I think has been playing the best stretch of his NFL career. And I I don't say that lightly, Um, but the decision-making has been superb, the way he's seen the field, progressing through his options, utilizing all five of his eligibles, and most importantly, keeping the ball out of trouble. In the pocket, he's been clean. Uh, his like turnover-worthy play metric from pro football focus is as low as it's ever been. Um, and I, I think he and Sean McVay now in year three are as in sync as you could reasonably expect. They won a Super Bowl together in year one. They were derailed by injury in year two. But now I think they have this institutional knowledge built in, which is allowing Stafford's you know, unique individual talent to really ride to the surface. And I think his prime has been extended because of it. I think he's got another year, at least here in Los Angeles, and maybe many beyond that, to add to what is now emerging as a Hall of Fame capable resume.
4: We're talking with JB long Rams radio play by play announcer. As we get set for the giants and Rams at MetLife stadium on Sunday, let's switch to the defensive side of the ball because it goes back to the conversation you alluded to earlier that we had this off season when we had you on to preview all the upcoming giants opponents. And I know the major storyline was you look at the defense and outside of Aaron Donald, I think maybe to even Rams fans, not a lot of recognizable names because it was a relatively young roster and Boy, oh boy, JB, I would say this unit, I think, has exceeded expectations. And I want to start up front because it's one thing to see Aaron Donald's production. It's then another thing to see guys around him take advantage of him being doubled and crippled. And two third-round picks, Kobe Turner, Byron Young, at different levels of this defense, combining for 12 and a half sacks, is, I think, a very nice, pleasant surprise How much has this rookie class specifically on the defensive side come to play? And that has been the ultimate X factor.
1: I think it's allowed the Rams to have some of the conversations we're having now to be above 500, to be in the playoff hunt. I think ultimately we expected this from the Rams offense. We thought it was possible for McVay and Stafford to put up 30 points per game this season, but we thought they were going to have to play arena football to get wins. And ultimately, that's not proven to be the case because of some of those rookies on defense that you mentioned. Um, They had 14 picks, all of whom made the initial 53-man roster, many of whom are already entrenched as starters. Byron Young on the edge, Kobe Turner playing next to Aaron Donald. You're right to point those two out. And it's accelerated the Rams' remodel, if not rebuild. It's put them in a position where they've been able to contend this year, and I also think it allows them to go into this offseason, Lance, with more resources than they've ever had, both in terms of salary cap space and a full complement of draft picks. Remember they haven't had a first round pick or utilized a first round pick since Jared Goff back in 2016. It's pretty obvious what their needs are. And I think they'll be able to address them aggressively because of what they know they have now at all three levels of their defense.
4: Speaking of the different levels of the defense, I want to highlight linebacker Ernest Jones, 2021 third round pick. And, More often than not, with different positions, we talk about the third year could be the coming out party. And I think that applies to him, leads the team in tackles, having a career year across the board in terms of helping getting pressure, making plays out in open space. What has clicked this year, JB? And why is it that I've listened to multiple conversations that Sean McVay has had with the media and Ernest Jones continually comes up and he loves to speak his praises?
1: He really does. And that goes back to drafting him and I think projecting like Shaq Leonard upside for him, uh someone as they modeled him after because of his skill set and also his unique leadership ability coming out of South Carolina. And I don't wanna say that growth was stunted, but I think it was just postponed by a year because they had a chance to bring Bobby Wagner in and to play alongside him last year. And Bobby Wagner, a future Hall of Famer who Started in this division, and is, in fact, back in Seattle here in 2023, I think long-term served Ernest Jones' purposes really well. He grew as a professional, and he tapped into some of that knowledge. Um, but now it's his show. Now he is the Bobby Wagner of this defense. And in year three, he's elevated his performance. And, and like you pointed out, yes, he's racking up the tackles. But I think for a team that struggled to create pressure on opposing quarterbacks, To have a middle linebacker who can play so effectively on both sides of the line of scrimmage has been a real um, attribute for Ernest Jones and a leverage point for his defensive coordinator uh, Raheem Morris.
4: And you can only imagine what that could do for a back end that is infusing a number of young guys, specifically at the cornerback position, but one player who they brought back. He started his career in L.A. He then went to the Cleveland Browns, his safety, John Johnson, the third. And it seems as if, J.B., and I'm very curious your perspective. He has served as a bit of a stabilizing force on the back end. How valid do you think that statement is and how critical has it been to have a guy like him and Jordan Fuller, who's been a staple also at the same position to provide some balance for the younger guys on the perimeter?
1: Yeah, I think there's a Cliff Notes version of the Rams 2023 story that starts and includes John Johnson and really is emblematic of three moves they made this offseason that should have signaled to anyone paying attention that that over under win total of six and a half was going to get blown by. And what I mean by that is after OTAs, uh, they went out and signed Demarcus Robinson, who's played in two Super Bowls, who's had great success as a chief and as a Raven to fortify a receiving room. Some may have seen that as, oh, they need help uh, with Cooper Cup nursing an injury, or maybe in, on special teams. Uh, he's caught a touchdown in four straight games. He was a vet men signing. So, too, at the end of the summer was the player you mentioned, John Johnson, already having it look like their, their safety spot locked in and their starting secondary aligned. That should have raised some eyebrows. Like, why would they go out and, and pay another veteran a, a minimum salary in a year when they're supposed to be preserving resources? And then the last one was Kevin Dotson, the trade from the Steelers, where the biggest part of that was not the picks they exchanged, but the price they were willing to pay for this season and this season alone. Those should have been little breadcrumbs along the summer trail saying, oh, wait, Les Snead and Sean McVay, having evaluated this roster through the offseason program, they think they can contend. They think they can win. Otherwise, they wouldn't be layering in depth at key positions with veterans. They would just be letting the younger roster grow. Um, And all three of those individuals have been instrumental. They've had their fingerprints all over this Rams rise since the line.
4: Speaking of changes, I want to turn to special teams because much like the Giants, the Rams have had a few kickers this season. They start off with Brett Maher, the former Dallas Cowboy, parted ways with him brought in Lucas Havrasek, a much younger kicker, and he's had his fair share of ups and downs, JB, that you can attest to. He's missed a field goal in five of his eight contests. He's really struggled between 40 and 49 yards, and then interestingly has thrived from 50 and beyond. Maybe that's not a surprise because, once again, a young kicker is going to have his highs and lows, but how much have they had to navigate that, and how impressive is it that they're 5-1 in the last six games despite the fact that there's been a handful of misses
1: you hit it. I mean, the fact that they are where they are, it's in spite of that third phase, Uh, they have lost points in the kicking game and not just at place kicker, but you know, the walk-off punt return for a touchdown in overtime at Baltimore and really in each element of their kicking game, they've been deficient. And and I don't say that to disparage anyone. It was pretty much what they set out to do this off season uh, is find new specialists, including rookies at all three positions initially, It sounds like this week the change could come at long snapper, and maybe that excuses the most recent missed field goal from 43 yards against the Saints from Haverstick. He does have a big leg. Uh, He's got the distance. He's got the trajectory, I think, to thrive in this league, and that's probably part of the reason why they've stayed with him for so long and given him so much berth. But also, it was interesting to kind of kick up our heels and watch football across the league this weekend there's bad kicking going on everywhere now don't get me wrong there's a lot of great game winners from beyond 50 yards too um, but there's teams missing extra points and makeable field goals across the league and so I think it can be naive sometimes to think that there's just better re- replacement value out there on the street so it is interesting that the Giants went out and got a new kicker and a veteran one at that and it worked out uh, swimmingly against the Eagles at least in his first swing of the leg.
4: And that's a very fair observation. I think a lot of teams can relate to that department. So JB, before I let you go, I want to circle back to where we started. And I brought up the fact that coincidentally, the last time these two teams met was 2021. Rams won a lopsided affair in New Jersey and then later on won the Super Bowl. And you know from covering the league for many years, we always look for teams around this time of the year that are playing their best football. And I think the Rams definitely apply to that logic. I'm curious whether or not, you see similarities, not to get ahead of ourselves and not to say that they're absolutely going to be raising hardware, but the run that happened in the second half of 2021, they were 5-2 and after the bye, and what we're seeing now come to fruition here in 2023.
1: I think there are definitely parallels, but I think that Super Bowl team had a sense of purpose and destiny that I've never seen from any other Rams team and really any other sports team. Um, The stars aligned for them in such a unique way, including having that Super Bowl being played at SoFi Stadium. Um, Even something like losing on the last week of the season to their bitter division rival, the San Francisco 49ers, and how painful and devastating that felt at the moment. And then you see it play out, and that Niners team goes to Dallas and knocks the Cowboys out, goes to Lambeau, and saves the Rams a trip to Green Bay for an NFC championship. Like So many things happened that seemed predestined in that run that I don't think I could ever project that onto any future team here or elsewhere, but I get what you're saying in terms of, are they hot at the right time? Yes. Are they playing as well offensively as they did, even with Odell Beckham jr. Next to Cooper cup winning the triple crown, potentially they're definitely better running the football. What they don't have is a Jalen Ramsey at corner. What they don't have is a Vaughn Miller turning the corner on the edge. And so that's where these Rams are certainly capable, but they're not complete. Uh, They're not complete in the way that the 2021 group was, but maybe we'll only say they were complete because we saw them be the last team standing. And we saw the consecutive fall on the banner race.
4: Well, it should be an interesting one this weekend on Sunday, MetLife stadium giants mathematically out of it. The Rams trying to solidify a playoff spot as they currently sit in the sixth spot in the wild card race. He is JB long radio play by play announcer for the Rams that you can hear on the Rams radio network. JB, always great. Catch it up with you. Enjoy the game and look forward to talking down the road. Thanks for coming on.
1: All right, Lance, glad to catch up with you. Happy holidays to all of your listeners. And we will see you at MetLife.
4: Same to you. My pleasure. You're ready for a
2: change. Payday comes early with citizens. So go to that retreat. New you moves to the country. Now you're raising goats and launching a lifestyle brand. Are you ready for all that life brings?
0: Giants fans love a winner. It's why they love Citizens. Named a 2022 best bank in the U.S. by the banker as the official bank of the Giants and sponsor of the huddle, Citizens is made ready for fans of Big Blue. Learn more at CitizensBank.com. Good stuff there from Lance and JB. Now let's turn our attention to the head coach of the NYG, Brian Dable. He had a chance to talk to the voice of the NYG, Bob Papa. As always, we're joined by the head coach of the New York football
5: Giants, Brian Dable, as the Giants take on the Rams this afternoon at MetLife Stadium. And, Coach, you take a look at this Rams team. They're on a bit of a heater. They're 8-7 and seven on the season. And Matthew Stafford is playing as well as anybody in the National Football League over the last five games. What makes Stafford such a huge difference maker as you study him?
2: Yeah, well, he's got elite talent, and he's done it for a long time. So um, he's seen about everything you could see as a quarterback, He's accurate, got a strong arm, instinctive, uh, full control of the offense. He's a heck of a quarterback.
5: Coach, um, when they have their full complement of weapons, whether it's Cooper Cup, Kieran Williams, the running back, or rookie Puka Nakua, they're averaging 29 points a game as a group. Um, Is that an offensive play caller's dream when you have talented guys at literally every level, and I haven't even thrown in Higby, the tight end?
2: Yeah, no, they they do a good job, and you know Stafford is the, the guy that makes it all go. Uh, those guys are extremely tough, versatile, uh, smart, and uh, have done a really good job. So they're they're really clicking on all cylinders.
5: As you look at Nakua, who's a rookie, and you know, he's setting or close to setting a lot of rookie receiving records, what jumps out at you as you study him um, as to why he is such an effective football player?
2: Sure. Well, he's he's instinctive. Um, knows how to get open, is physical, strong with the ball in his hand, good run blocker. Um, He's really done a nice job in every phase of of playing the receiver position.
5: Let's go um, to your football team. Obviously, a heartbreaking loss on Christmas Day in Philadelphia. Team battled right until the end, had the ball in their hands with a chance to potentially get the game tied up. Um, What's the messaging been like for your team this week now that you've been mathematically eliminated?
2: Yeah, stay consistent with with our process. Uh, continue to try to improve on some of the things we can improve on and, and finish strong.
5: Uh, Tyrod Taylor will get the start here against this Rams defense. As you study the Rams, obviously Aaron Donald – Uh, has been a difference maker forever. Um, From a schematic standpoint, what are some of the challenges that this Rams defense will pose to your offense today?
2: Yeah, I think Raheem does a good job of mixing things up. We're going to have to do a good job of picking up pressures, of of picking up games and line stunts and some movements. Um, You know, they they play zone defense and and mix in some man. So uh, he does a good job of spinning the dial, and, and, uh, you know, it all starts with 99.
5: Coach, I know you're uh, very much team-focused, but I just want to ask you about Saquon Barkley and sort of what he's been able to do here for you this year considering the offensive line, the quarterback situations, and everything else that's that's happened here. But it seems like his steadiness and his leadership haven't wavered once through any of the ups and downs this year.
2: Yeah, Saquon is a, a true competitor. Um, he's done everything we've asked him to do. He tries to do it as, as good as he can do it each week. Um, and he's, you know, one of our better players on our team.
5: And, Coach, finally, um, obviously, you know, we talk about offense and defense. Talk a little bit about the special teams matchup in this game as far as being one of the keys to being able to play complementary football.
2: Yeah, that'll be key. You know, our, our protection units being solid in our protection and our communication and then, you know, covering down on, on their returners and, and making good tackles. You know, those. it's an area – you know, whether it be on defense, on special teams, that, you know, something that we're going to try to improve on as well. Um, but playing, you know, all three phases of, of good team football is going to be important.
5: That's the head coach of the New York Giants, Brian Dable. Happy New Year, coach, and best of luck this afternoon.
0: Really good stuff there from Brian Dable, from J.B. Long, and Dexter Lawrence on this Friday edition of the Giants Little Podcast, brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of of the Giants. Thank you so much for being with us. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy Giants and Rams. We'll talk to you next week on the Giants Huddle Podcast. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a
1: U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them.